0: We're on? Um, I don't know. I don't know if the uh, fucking um, internet is going to hold out, but I guess we'll see. I don't know where it's the strongest, to be honest. But yeah, what a day! Let's start the rant. Um,
1: Welcome to episode two of JJ
0: Talks. (laughs) Uh Oh yeah, episode two, podcast two, ranting about useless fucking specimens and things in life. Although, on a positive note just to not have too much negative energy but i will introduce the podcast with what i just told you Yeah, go right. for it. so basically um for those of us listening we obviously have uh, a little bit of awareness with respect to the truth behind the ongoings in the world otherwise we wouldn't be listening to said topics and said podcasts and said channels so we can all empathize with the wanky cunziness of certain individuals that exist around us on our planet, just the un- incompatible incompetence. So I got my uh, my jeans repaired and, uh, well, I thought I got my jeans repaired. I, I paid to you know, have them done. Well, and they were, yeah, they were navy blue and I got them back. And A, the guy had used gold thread and it's on the crutch as well, but like it's like blatantly <laughs> obvious and then they just did the even worse yeah <laughs> even worse exactly so you use like the wrong color thread and then in addition to that the guy couldn't even sew uh and just completely fucked up my pants like uh so i'm gonna go back throw them outside a shop like the country is and um yeah if, if that was a you to slap that guy uh but i only paid pounds although it's a principle but you know i don't want to get To any issues in Peru, especially after what happened in Bolivia with the police arrest, which we might save for another (laughs) podcast. But yeah, so that's the beginning of the day. Um, I think it's going to be a positive day. But when you live in societies where most people are fucking worthless, you have to experience just absolute idiocy. Nine to five. So, yeah, man, so how was your night? That's for the, the listeners. So it's just a, that's just the negative um, energy gone. Now we're going to contrast it with some positive James.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, funnily enough, um, you came up in conversation yesterday because of your, uh, your current travels in Peru. Um, a lady who is a friend of my friend's wife who was out last night she happened to be half peruvian and i was like oh cool no way my friend's shoving around there at the moment and she was like yeah um but you've got to be wary of the police and i was like yeah he had an incident with the police um hence to the listeners what was just mentioned before um and finally when you talk about incompetency um you're able to escape that situation so uh, um it's quite a fantastic story maybe a bit of episode two but i don't know if you want to um, I mean, yeah, I could put it in now. now. you've said it, I've got to introduce it, right? <laughs> absolutely.
0: I mean, it's only polite. Yeah. It's only polite, isn't it? Right. So the story begins uh, in Santa Cruz in Bolivia. Uh, me and two guys I met in a hostel, we were walking down the street after a few drinks and uh, the police just all of a sudden approached us on a bike, spe- straight up to us, dressed in military khaki. They looked like characters from some fucking 1970s fascist dystopia. And straight behind, they had an unmarked car, which we were about to find out. They put us all up against the wall. They searched us. I had nothing on me. Uh, The German guy had nothing on him. But the Austrian guy did have something on him. So they arrested us all, threw us in the back of this unmarked car, which they had waiting. Because, of course, their intention that evening was just to go looking for tourists, round them up, and try and extort them for cash. So we ended up being driven back to this um, this police station, which was getting further and further and further away from the city centre. We were passing all kinds of police stations, but we were going up to the city limits of Santa Cruz. And at that point, I had a, I um, I should say this on, on the podcast, but I had a, a rolled banknote, which is not illegal, in my wallet. <laughs> I managed with my hands cuffed to the German chap to take my wallet out of my pocket in the back of this taxi and take all my money out and try and scrunch it up as much as possible to unscrew the rolled uh, nozzle note, shall we say. And, Unfortunately, when we got to the station and everything was dragged out of our pockets and placed on the desk, the only note I succeeded in not undoing <laughs> is the one that I'd intended to. Because obviously, it was a two-cup. <laughs> yeah, I had to do it when the, the police officer adjacent to the driver was distracted. So everything's on my desk, and I'm uh, not the type of person that takes lightly to being exploited by people. So the entire time I'm telling these so-called police officers who by the way to set a bit of character they've all got gold chains on none of them have uniformed they're obese they're fat they're greasy type of guys that are rapists and unfortunately there would be uh, an event in the prison if we can call it that where someone was sexually taken advantage of uh, in front of the cells actually by the cops but um Yeah, pretty brutal stuff. So I'm calling these guys what they are, a bunch of cunts, I'm going to kill your kids, I'm going to fucking chop your family up into pieces, because these are the types of things you need to say to these people. Um, In terms of just moral stature, you should never submit to someone that's fucking kidnapped you and abused you and has taken advantage of you. You should be telling them exactly what they are, which is a piece of shit. So I didn't stop at all um, just blazing into them and consequently they put me in one cell and the two other chaps in another cell and uh and it would become evident that again they wanted money and they were trying to extort 3000 euros from the other chaps 3000 euros a piece that would eventually be negotiated down to 200 which they ended up paying and uh, related to that payment so i realized early on There was one guy at the desk with all our stuff, and he was watching Spanish soap operas, okay, because, again, these are greasy, greasy, scummy police officers. They have no work to do. There's not even a fucking telephone in this so-called police station. And uh, while he's, you know, distracted by watching sitcoms, uh, I realized the three bolts on the cell had no lock on them. So every time I gauged that he was mostly distracted, I unbolt one of the cell um, one of the cell um, locks until all three were eventually done. And the last one made a fucking racket, I can tell you that. But then I, I made a noise to try and cover it up and he didn't seem to notice. Again, too distracted by watching Spanish so um So the door was open and then they took one of the guys to the ATM. So I heard their cell open, one of them went out, they got on a bike and that bike sped off to the ATM. Meanwhile, the guy that was watching the TV went back into the cell that they took one of the guys from. At that moment, I opened the cell, ran to the desk, grabbed my phone, grabbed my wallet, and fucking sprinted out. It's 2 a.m., middle of the night. I have no idea where I am. I'm just running. They heard the door go immediately, so they all come sprinting out. There's still bikes left, so I knew in my mind I had about five minutes left to find a solution to this issue, i.e. find a hiding spot wherever. I don't know what I was looking for, just some kind of safety and uh, after five minutes, I found a red truck. And under this truck, I kind of hid behind the axle. And it was dark, and it was in one of these side suburban streets. And I was there for about five minutes, and then at five minutes in, I realised shit. I've got my phone. I've got data. Looked up on the map where we were. Saw we were miles from the city centre. And then I think I WhatsApped you actually. You did. And I was like embassy. I was like embassy. You need to call the police. Blah blah blah. Not the police, but you know the the embassy officials, the the foreign office, whatever. Uh, This is really serious. And then I looked at Google Maps for an embassy nearby any country. The closest one was Spain, coincidentally, but it was miles out. And of course, this isn't the capital city. Bolivia has um, uh, three major cities, this being the city of industry, Santa Cruz. And then the capital is Sucre and La Paz, where the embassies and the consuls are located. So... Um, when I saw Spain was really far away, I thought, oh, fuck it, I'm not going to be able to get there. But then at that moment, I saw the bikes coming down the street with their flashlights searching from left to right. And I tried to get as close to the back tire as possible. And um, and then the flashlight turned on me and I knew they'd seen me. And the moment that flashlight came on me, I came back from under the truck and I sprinted the other way as fast as I could. But they're on motorbikes, they turned it around and they hit me full pelt with that bike in the leg. I went spinning into some ground uh, before I could even recognize what was happening to me. I was curb stomped in the chest, maced in the eye and dragged off into the, into the station. And that's why I remember, I remember nothing between that point. Um, and, uh, this station, by the way, to, to give you an idea again, what these kinds of places are like, it's on the outskirts because it's not really an official police station as such. These are police officers with their gold chains and snorting drugs on the table in front of us and that kind of stuff. But the place is intended as a base for exploiting people. Again, no telephone, a couple of cells, one toilet. The cells themselves had a shower block in the back, and the shower block has a foot of shit and piss inside of it. So there's no toilet. There's just a shower where people have been shitting for years. The floor is completely riddled with piss. The stench is unbelievable. They're dragging by the back of some cuffed from behind, semi-unconscious. They're dragging me through this piss with the truncheon through the handcuffs. And then I wake up in this cell, my face is burning because again, they maced me for those that don't know what mace is. Mace is like a high grade pepper spray. That's illegal in Europe without a license. So you can buy pepper spray in like an outdoor shop or something, which is, you know, for personal protection against animals or people, or whatever. But mace is like high grade shit. It literally peels the skin off your fucking face. It burns like fuck. Um, so I'm covered in piss. Um, uh, my chest is in pain um, my leg is fucked up and yeah at that point um i remember i think that the german guys named lou came up and said well, are you all right that's all i can remember and then after that i think because he had just come back from the the atm with the cash to buy them out to find out that i had escaped and all this kind of stuff so after that they they had left and Uh, I was in the cell and probably about 30 minutes in, I got back up and I continued my rant at them. I was screaming constantly, like, you fucking cunts. I'm going to kill your kids. I'm going to chop you up into pieces. You don't know who you've arrested here. I will find you and I will burn every fucking person that you know down to the ground. And for the viewers, uh, I actually would do that. Like, uh, that's not bullshit. Like, if I had the opportunity and I thought I could get away with it, people that command that level of violence and corruption have to be dealt with in the same way that they treat other people. That's the only way you can stop and sponsor morality in this world by applying the deeds that evildoers commit to, the, to themselves and to their family. You know, If you kill them, you kill a couple of their family members, they're gonna think twice about killing other people's family. That's the reality. It's that age old philosophical uh, anecdote if you had a train and there are people on the train, and you could stop the train to save a thousand people, but you'd have to kill four, who would you save? There's no debate about this. You would save the thousand people over the four. I don't even know why people still debate it to this day. It goes into this wanky liberalist philosophy of, oh, you know, do we have the right to, to take those lives? You know, is it is it morally correct? Of course it is. You're saving a thousand people. You're killing four. That it's just logical, <laughs> right? So. So essentially, yeah, I'm in the cell, I'm screaming at these guys, and I realized quite quickly there's a big problem here because, uh, you know, I've already kidnapped a load of foreigners. Kidnapping's bad enough. Kidnapping foreigners is pretty bad. They've uh, attacked the foreigner. They've beaten me up. They've pushed me through shit and piss. You know, they're obviously not very intelligent guys. They're constantly doing coke and all kinds of drugs in front of the cells on the desk. What are these people capable of? Evidently, there might be no limit to what they could do. You know, they could have you killed and make it look like a suicide or an accident or something like that, or just make you disappear. So there was some bars behind the cell. Right, look, it not a skylight as such, but at the top of the roof, just below the ceiling line. And though I was cuffed, oh, I've missed a point part of the story. Switch back twenty minutes. So they brought in a, um, a Bolivian guy who was like a rent boy. He was like openly super camp, super gay. Clearly he was, you know, working the streets and they'd arrested him. And uh, they had another cell where, where a couple of Bolivians were. And then they had my cell with just me. And then the cell that was used, which actually I think was an office for the, for the two other tourists. And uh, they put him in a cell with me. And, you know, it's not paranoid, but I was thinking, holy fuck, what if they're going to try and, um, you know, pay him to do something to me? In, in order for them to be able to exploit me for the money they exploited the others for, Remember, because it's all about money. I'm a price tag at the end of the day. They want cash. So at that point, I managed to take as men, something that men can do and women can't do. Women have larger hips. So if a woman gets handcuffed from behind, she can't move those cuffs under her legs and up around. So they're in front of her, but all men can, or most men should be able to. Mm-hmm. So I had the cuffs under. I managed to bring them underneath my feet which was fucking painful because the leg is obviously fucked and the rib is probably fractured at this point from the curb stomp and then up over so I had the cuffs now in front of me and at that point this guy that was just kind of like hanging around weirdly just started laying on the floor in front of the door to the cell and then about 15 minutes later they just took him out which is really suspicious, and put them in another cell. So I think there was some kind of intent there. But in the end, they decided it might be better just to kind of uh, let let it kind of go naturally and see if I cave and, and and pay them off. So then I went to these bars at the back of the cell and I lifted myself up, which was very painful again. The, the cuffs were fucking tight, man. Um, and I just started screaming. And I don't speak any Spanish, so it's about probably 3.34 a.m. at this point. I'm just shouting like, you know, fucking corrupt police, just keywords that people might be able to pick up on. Um, just anything, screaming, screaming, screaming. And then a guy came up to the cell door, the boss man with his gold chain. I think the guy that had maced me originally, and he had his hands behind his back and he told me to come over. So I came over and he just pulled another mace can out and sprayed me clean in the eyes for the second time. Now, so I've got mace on mace now. So my skin is already peeling from the original mace and I've been dragged through piss and shit so fucking infections and all kind of stuff are going through my mind it's fucking painful then mace on top of that and that was fucking unbelievably painful so i fell to the floor again this point i'm freezing cold as well because of course like, it's all open there's no insulation the floor's covered in piss i'm soaked with fucking all this stuff um so i'm on the floor and uh, and then every 15 minutes trying to keep warm at this point every 15 minutes they would come along with a bucket bucket of water and just throw it over me and water on mace is even worse it's a bit like when you drink water after having chili pepper same principle like it makes the fucking pain far far greater so they're doing this like some kind of fucking chinese water torture mechanism for another couple of hours and then um I continue the screaming again when I get back up and then there's a shift change. So obviously morning has come about now. This happened on Thursday evening at about 10 p.m. It's now Friday morning and it's early as fuck. Um, and there's a, there's, a, there's a change and they start taking out um, the Bolivians that are in the cell adjacent to me to try and see how much money they can extort, extort from them. So they bring them to the desk, there's some negotiation in Spanish, someone else shows, shows up, a relative or a friend, they get paid off and they go. Now, one guy kept being brought back multiple times. He'd come back to the desk. They'd talk in Spanish. He'd go back to the cell. And then eventually a woman showed up, a very good-looking lady, probably I would say mid-20s. And I don't know the relation. I don't speak Spanish. don't know if it was a sister, a friend, a cousin. But basically what happened was there was a curtain behind the desk and she paid off his debt with her body. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So of those men took that woman into the back room and she, I don't know what exactly went on, but they were there about 15 minutes and she came back out and then he, the guy was released. So, um, yeah, they, they <sighs> took that in that way. And then, uh, sometime later, my gate got opened. They put me on a chair in front of the desk, tried to make me sign all this paperwork, um, give fingerprints, etc. I refused because obviously I'm not taking responsibility for having done nothing at all. They asked me to bring out Google Translate. There's like 10% battery or something left on my phone, uh, which is now cracked because of it getting thrown halfway across <laughs> the landscape when I was hit by the bike. And uh, yeah, I'm basically saying, them, like, I haven't done anything. Um, you fucking kidnapped me. You've got the fucking problems. You're going to be in the shit. I'm not doing anything. And one guy was really fucking aggressive. He was trying to grab my arm, get me to do the fingerprints, whereas another guy realized that, yeah, they might be in a bad situation. It might be better just to call it quits and just cut their losses And let me go and that's what ended up happening in the end um picked up my stuff except my belt which they nicked and uh yeah walked out of the station um it's about 8 8 a.m ish now i guess and uh called an uber with what remained of my battery got in the back of this uber stunk of piss and shit as you can imagine the driver must have been like what the fuck i tried to translate that i was attacked Uh, i didn't want to tell him about the police tipped him of course ended up getting back to my And that's the end of um, that's the end of that part of the story. Um, yeah, that
1: part of the story was absolutely fucking crazy. <clears throat> and once again, we we started off talking about um, incompetence and like people doing drugs while at work, people not being observant while they're at work. Um, morally, you didn't deserve to be there, but you were able to escape. They apprehended you in the street, they used excessive force, um, extortion, you know, like, there's just so much going on here, and a complete um, lack of thought of consequences, even for their own lives, because if things um, did go to pot, um, so at the point when you told me, I don't even remember, um, so what's at the embassy, the embassy wasn't open for a few hours. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. You mean what i tried to call the British Embassy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, you told me? Yeah, I emailed them um, the, because it, basically the, the the Bolivian Embassy um, wasn't open. So I emailed the British um, Foreign Office, literally gave them a perfect overview. You know, the email title, kidnapping, violence, it's all the keywords. They then came back. It wasn't even an auto email, some fucking probably intern wanker because they're all just networked little kids. I get positions in the Foreign Office. Coming back saying, "Oh, um, yeah, if it's an emergency, and if it <laughs> is, we'll take it around kidnapping violence." Also, obviously, didn't even bother reading the email. Please contact our embassy. Try to contact the embassy. The embassy is open from eight thirty to twelve thirty. Right, that's it. So these people are only working for that number of hours, and they represent the entire um, uh, nation of Bolivia for British tourists, and they can only be fucking asked to open for four hours. And I called them. Probably 10, 12, 13, 14 times, all on my Skype record. They don't answer at all. They don't answer the fucking phone. That's the emergency line as well. And I did that for two days. They never bothered answering. So I haven't responded to them to this day. Except they did... Uh, send an automated feedback form classic corporate style Um, was our service satisfactory when you emailed us please fill out this customer satisfactory form of course I gave them one out of ten for everything but that's the level of cuntiness that you have today in society it's not actually about helping people it's just about protecting your job you know sending out these satisfactory forms and and that's basically it. it's all done by the book everything is standardized bureaucracy which is the very thing that cripples society the lack of emotional empathy and lack of ability to um coordinate with reality instead they're like their anthropologists sitting in their fucking offices drinking their fucking chardonnays or their fucking merlots that are probably 150 a bottle paid for by the british taxpayer pretending to do work when in actuality they're just networking at the nepalese embassy playing fucking polo and singing songs about champagne rights and fucking privilege and i hate those cunts so fucking much i I would execute them at fucking dawn if I was allowed to tomorrow with no fucking haphazard fucking um consequences for myself I would do them all
1: (laughs) (laughs) don't think this is allowed (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I mean you know with jest wink wink um yeah sir I mean absolutely um You know, when there are weeds in the garden, you have to fucking dig them up and put weed killer in, otherwise they're gonna fucking grow back. Um, And, uh, you know, some people that, you know, have been brainwashed with this ideal of pacifism may um, think that, you know, that these words, uh, you know, somewhat harsh or unrealistic, but they're extremely realistic and they're absolutely necessary. Absolutely, I would say there's an argument that sometimes absolute power can corrupt, i.e. people can enter into things um, with a noble intention, but through the acts of um, doing things um, that um, may make them go into what they call a shadow realm or a dark place, their mind could be consorted as such, but I suppose it depends on the strength and moral fiber of the individual. So but there absolutely is is an argument of that. Like, you know, they say, um, you know, absolute power corrupts. So, you know, for example, um, there's a coup, um, a military coup, you know, even though most coups are funded and planned, obviously as we know by, you know, outside foreign interests, but let's just say, there was a legit coup Um, and, you know, this rebel group takes over, Um, what then might happen is that, you know, they might think, okay, well, you know, we've done this, This let's maybe just, like, take over somewhere else and, oh, actually... I've got power. Maybe I can, like you know, abuse people and take some money here and spend it on things that I'm not supposed to. Even in the initial intention was to, you know, depose these, you know, evil individuals. Sometimes people that have a slight inclination or you know, moral fibers that aren't fully, you know, because none of us are perfect, right? um and all of us can you know we all have a deviant sides to our nature none of us are pure as it were i'm certainly fucking not um but yes yeah, so there, there is like an argument that you know through doing these acts you can maybe tarnish your psyche um i suppose you know, just like it's like ptsd like you know a soldier could be like a good bloke oh yeah i'm going to iraq to you know yeah you know to help help Bush and Blair, we all know that that thing, you know, was uh, orchestrated for nefarious reasons. But through the act of doing this thing with good intention, these people have PTSD, um, they have to compartmentalise violence and killing people and indirectly become sociopaths some of the time, not all of the time. There's lots of people that leave better service with their integrity and their faculties. So that's the only, um, you know, possible detrimental thing, but um, I'd say generally, um, and if the right people are doing what they should be doing, then the pros far outweigh the cons, and these I, weeds need to be fucking rooted, absolutely. I agree.
0: I think the, the analogy of the, the weed killer is perfect as well, because the problem is people that spray lightly instead of going for the roots, um, you, know, you, can, you can get so many different products that attempt to, uh, to restrain the growth of weeds. But some products go to the core, i.e., they kill the roots, and that's gone. You know, it's 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 down and out until the next kind of uh, rootage springs up. But of course, if the ground is settled and sprayed with the right level of animosity and opposition against such weeds, then it's going to be a hell of a long time before it gets um, uh, repurposed with the kind of the same origin again. Um, what we're having now is this fucking liberalist mentality applied to everyone under the guise of positivity, when actually it's just weakness. This is the problem with so many self-proclaimed liberals. Most of them aren't actually liberals. They're just people that don't have the ability to act on what is right. And instead, they cower behind this name tag called liberalism as a mechanism by which to evade responsibility for making positive change in society. And one prime example of those people are these fucking self-proclaimed hippies that you see all over the world. Now, there are genuine hippies, but most genuine hippies don't call themselves hippies, nor do they look like hippies. It's a spiritual essence that they have to act on what is right and not what is on what is wrong it's the people that you see dressed in like alibaba pants all the time have a thousand tattoos all over their face a thousand piercings do all this weird random shit that they brag about on their gap years to blah 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 these are the people that call themselves liberals but when it boils down to it when there is an actual totalitarian attack on society take 2019 to well the, the present day with this whole covid nonsense yeah. just like we witnessed Berlin when we went there, it was a fucking ghost town. Because the people that call themselves hippies, the people that occupy places like Berlin and branded themselves as anarchists against the state, fighting for freedom, fighting for everything that matters, when it actually boils down to it and there's violence on their door, they go and they cower and they submit to the government and they lick their shoes like the weak pieces of shit they are. They take their jabs and they then preach that they are somehow righteous and virtuous. That they're helping everybody else when in reality they're doing everything for them fucking selves. And that's the majority of people in the world. That's always been the case. Whether you take it you know, uh, 200 years, 100 years, 50 years back in time, where wherever and whenever and always the majority of people are specimens of the environment they've been grown up in. And the environment for most people is an environment stipulated by the state. So naturally the consequences of those stipulations are that people are going to act in a way that's provided to them to act. They do not think freely. And another great point you made earlier about corruption, um, potentially corrupting, you know, uh, the, the power – does have the the, the very sizable chance of corrupting those that aim to make better in the world. Uh, the book I was reading um, until a few days ago, the commune and the, in the Sea Prussians, yeah, Yeah. Uh, in 1871, this this commune. So the people that were those that stated that they were fighting against French kind of royalist uh, bourgeois oppression ended up being the ones that were fucking massacring people on the streets with fucking hatchets. Now I'm not saying the bourgeoisie side was any better. It turned out when they came in to retake the city. Uh, they committed a lot of violence and a, a lot of brutality, but the brutality and the violence did originate, ironically, from the people that were stating that they wanted to fight in the name of righteousness and you know freedoms and and non-oppressive acts, and yet they were the ones that developed some of the most brutal, um, uh, one of the most brutal regimes, if you can call it that, of all time. The Paris Commune was comparable to uh, the Leninists overtaking um, Saint Petersburg in 1917. The Bolsheviks, the same thing. You know, they get what they want through cowardly slaughter, and they're almost worse, if not, they are worse than those that are. Uh, responsible for governing our current realm those that own oil companies and pharma companies and are the hedge funds and the you know the they are the the central banks of all they are the origin of everything that we possess they of course commit violence every single day and they're evil they're occultists they're beings that we couldn't even comprehend or decipher because their evil and outweighs anything that we can compare it to in our own lives however there's a kind of ironic mocking honesty to them we know that what they do they tell us what they're going to do it's out Absolutely. there in the open. Absolutely. For me, that ironically is a little bit better. You know, the, the murderer or the thief that admits to their murder, admits to their deeds is better. It's a terrible word to use, but better than the person that preaches uh, good and commits just as much evil, but can't admit to their own, uh, their own uh, act.
1: So, yeah, I guess, you know, the, 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 the core is, you know, what do we do about it? I mean, we can talk about it. This is what JJ are doing right now. We're talking about so, it. Um, hopefully, raise awareness, um, provoke thought, and thought is um, the precursor to action often. So, you know, through conversations like this, uh, hopefully, we can, you know, spread a bit of uh, awareness and just get people fucking thinking for themselves, man, because. Yeah, like you said, that people are given like a platter of thoughts that's very limited, and you can be in one of these boxes, you can have one of these dishes, one of these thought dishes, and you can consume that, and then that's what you're going to regurgitate because that's what you've consumed. You're going to fucking vomit what you consume. Mm -hmm. Um, And these people consume shit. They consume what the status quo says, what the government says, and this is why you go on fucking dating apps and... There are chicks that are saying things like, oh, yeah, no Tories, no anti-vaxxers, like, okay, like, no Tories, no Labors. I mean, it's two sides of the same coin. Um, yeah, I'm into, you know, like, I'm a liberal. However, I support Big Pharma, which is a complete oxymoron. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like, we, yeah. People are fucked. People are delusional. Um, as we touched on in episode one, uh, there could be reasons for that. Uh, chemical um, contamination in the water, in absolutely everything—the shower gels, the deodorants, um, the education system teaching people—you know, poison or useless things that aren't necessarily going to make them independent thinkers, but more just like I'd like corporate robot slaves. Things that are going to up- uphold capitalism, which I'm not actually against. Capitalism's, you know, reasonable. If it's done it's with the actually, right intent, it's actually fantastic.
0: Absolutely. I think it's a natural... Um, again, I'm not sponsoring capitalism because I think actually capitalism isn't really real. I don't think any ideology is real in the sense that um, what is achievable is just the biological instincts of all human beings. And whether you want to call it capitalism or communism, what exists, what political ideology that exists In any social sphere is a natural derivative of that society. Otherwise, it would not exist. People's utopian impressions of this can be this and this can be that. Well, it's possible, but it has to be that if the people within said society decide for it to be that. You know, something is communist because most people agree on it or most people allow it to happen, which is the same thing. Um, some things are capitalist because, you know, but realistically it's all the same. The origin of all is social survival. It's that instinct, that prowess that all human beings have to compete with one another to better their neighbors. Now, every is a self interested act, but we. Were, I don't know if we should go into that philosophical uh wormhole in this podcast but episode it, three, maybe. So three. Well, what, I think might we be
1: an episode just to that because
0: absolutely. Absolutely. We'll do it on episode three then. we see, well, we see how, you know, the, the natural course where it goes, but some people could say that everything <laughs> is self-interests, a self-interested act, which isn't to be confused with what is selfish. Self-interested meaning, as the analogy uh, has, you know, I, I know you've heard this a million times, James, but I've used this analogy uh, for, for the context of this discussion in so many spheres, but a killer kills because he or she wants to kill. A teacher teaches because he or she wants to teach. Mm-hmm. Society determines that one is good and one is bad, but both are equally self-interested because both beings are doing what it is that they want to do. And for me, that's the core of everything. That is the absolute everything that is. However, we won't apply that to this... Uh, this podcast otherwise we'll be here for four days straight and we know where it goes but certainly we will for our audience touch on that debate in number three perhaps four who knows we'll see what happens
1: absolutely um and one more thing um you know we started with like the guy who you know <laughs> i'll say in quotation Sorry. marks fixed your shorts or like your pants like the wrong color thread it's like, okay, that's in you know a developing country. No, no excuse for it. um, I feel like it could have even been deliberate as well, like who knows, because like to be that stupid is just like you know unreal like, the most I've awesome had it before. Videos, I was just like I thought it was a prank. like I thought you were sending me a meme, like your shorts look like a meme. It was like <laughs> it was almost like a joke like, <clears throat> yeah, I've just fixed these trousers, oh God. <clears throat> yeah, I've just, uh, heavy night last night, I've just uh, fixed these yes. trousers uh, where somebody's just, like, been bummed, and I've just, like, you know, fixed, like, the bum hole bit, and, like, the brown-stroke gold thread is supposed to, like, signify, like, I don't know, fucking anal juices or something, it was just, like, oh. it was, yeah. It was, Maybe
0: that's was going through his mind, but I personally don't think he'd have the mental capacity to do that because if he had that imagination, <laughs> he'd come up with something far more elaborate uh, for for that spot on the jeans instead of just a, a, what looks like a crusty two-year-old's attempt in a – I don't even know, like a, what would you call those classes that people used to take at school? kind of, textile
1: classes, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, did I ever tell you that my first girlfriend, I had to um, – her mum was the textile teacher and I was forced to do one. I can't remember what it had to do with one of these practical subjects and I didn't like any of them. So I ended up being in the textile class, not knowing that my ex-girlfriend's mum was the teacher and she fucking hated me as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. No flirting Uh, with the girls in that class. (laughs) Exactly.
0: exactly, Yeah. Oh dear. Right. Um, So, uh,
1: yeah, keep going then. Yeah, how yeah, much yeah. time? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not sure how long we, we, we've done. Uh, let's have a look. Two days and 13 hours. But uh, Just one, okay, cool. Um, is uh just like, you know, general, you know, incompetence, you know, like you said, um, people outsourcing things, people from working from home. There's just like a general decline in standards particularly in what we call the quote unquote West or you know in a within like you know the the powerful leading English speaking countries the states Britain. Um, maybe even Australia to some extent, it's like, you know, what a policeman used to be like 30 years ago, it's compared to what a policeman is now. Um, you know, the kind of customer service that's given the <laughs> inefficient, you know, bureaucracy, the 18-factor authentication to log in and do something that's of really low value, um yeah, all of these things uh you know are completely by design. Um but once again I think that's uh potentially like another whole conversation in itself. Um Absolutely. what are your what are your audience edge
0: <laughs> <laughs> two audience members, Gaz and Baz and the dog of course.
1: But uh, yeah, we've given, we've given our viewers a lot today. That story about you being arrested is uh, epic. I mean, you could make like a short movie just on that alone. Um, yeah, absolutely unbelievable. And also we're going to have to talk about what happened a couple of weeks after that as well, because that was fucking amazing. Oh, too. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, never ends. And by uh, the time we talk about that, there's probably going to be another story as well. That's what I'm trying I to mean, get where living
1: the
0: the as, as we go. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's literally a live feed. Um, yeah, so I guess on that note, then, before the, the Skype connection goes or the person upstairs bangs even yeah. more or something happens, uh, I guess we would call it um, an end to podcast two, if you agree with yeah, that. Or not, yeah,
1: good... two, 0.2, whatever I want to call it, 1.1.
0: <laughs> escape from trust anything goes um and yeah um i'll try and uh, upload it as soon as possible uh, the only thing that needs to be done of course if you're listening to podcast two you've already uh, seen hopefully the first episode and uh, this won't matter to you but what i was going to say to james is i've got to come up with a nice little thumbnail to apply to the videos so again if anyone that's listening knows anything about that kind of stuff do feel free to uh Consult, leave a comment, whatever, because I have no idea how to design
1: a nice little comical thumbnail um, for the for the videos. So yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you, John, for the wonderful stories and your orator skills. And um, thank yeah. you very much. Until the next one.
0: Okay. Until yeah. the next time. All
1: right. See you. Um, bye. Adios.